America, limp dick. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And we're here to bring you more trauma with trauma. That's right. Mm-hmm. We're closing out our trauma month by talking about their next biggest release after Toxic Avenger, at least in order. That's right. But we're not ending it because we're doing something else on Patreon. That's right. Oh shit, more trauma for everybody. <laughs> right. So this time around, it's Class of Newcomb High. Mm. Class of Newcomb High, also known as Atomic High School, is a 1986 American science fiction horror comedy film made by B-movie production company Troma Entertainment, of which we have told you so much in last week's episode of Toxic Avenger. It was directed by Richard W. Haynes and Lloyd Kaufman, under the pseudonym Samuel Weil. New York holographer Jason Sapin created the laser effects. Holographer. Of, of which there are two. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to give credit where credit is due. There aren't that many holographers. <laughs> <laughs> no one practices holography. The film stars Janelle Brady, Gil Brenton, and Robert Pritchard. The film focuses on a group of high school students who begin to look and act strangely after buying contaminated weed from a nearby power plant worker. Mm. Okay, listeners. You're not going to poison any more kids. This is Class of Newcomb High. I picked that quote before I watched it again. I'm going to give a wet fart about that quote. <laughs> Welcome to Tromaville High, an average American high school with one exception. It's located only one mile away from a nuclear power plant. They said it was 100% safe. But they were wrong. There's no danger, Governor. We have the situation well in hand. Welcome to the class of Newcomb High. We're the youth of today. Yes, at Newcomb High, anything can happen. And does. The class of Newcomb High, where you'll learn the three R's. Reading. Writing. And radiation. <laughs> the class of Newcomb High. Rated R. Tromaville High School is conveniently located next to a nuclear power plant. A nuclear accident at the power plant is covered up by plant owner Mr. Paley, who does not want the facility shut down by the safety commission. In fact, he doesn't give a wet fart about regulations. 
The accident causes a radioactive water leak, which ends up gruesomely killing a nerdy student named Dewey at the school after the tainted water reaches the drinking fountain. The gang of the school, called the Cretans, who are originally part of the Honor Society, torments the school, having been turned into violent psychopaths by... something. Mayhaps something in the water. They pick leaves from a radioactive marijuana plant located in the yard at the nuclear plant and sell it to some idiot named Eddie. At his indoor bikini beach party that night, Eddie pressures his friend Warren and Warren's girlfriend Chrissy into smoking the radioactive joint. The mutated drug shows itself to have potent aphrodisiac effects, leading to Warren and Chrissy having hot, kinky nuclear sex in Eddie's loft. However, that same night, both of them have disturbing nightmares about hideously mutating. Chrissy hallucinates that she's preggers with some kind of nuclear tentacle crotch fruit, while Warren hallucinates that he has a giant mutated nuclear dick. <laughs> That's how you spell that. Sometime later, Chrissy discovers that she is pregnant and bursts a squirmy little nuclear twat from her mouth. <laughs> because that's how pregnancy works. The creature travels through the water pipes and lands in a barrel filled with radioactive nuclear waste. There it mutates into an even bigger creature, Tromaville's own nuclear fuck trophy. <laughs> Meanwhile... The nuclear plant orders a lockdown of the school and begins an investigation into the student who died the other day. One of the nuclear workers begins to investigate the basement. Though his equipment shows signs of a spill, he can't find any evidence, outside of a foul odor. After hearing for a second time a sound which he had previously dismissed, he investigates. As he dips his hand into the obvious nuclear waste out of curiosity, the nuclear monster's nuclear arm reaches out and claws his face, disfiguring him. Nuclear. <laughs> Nuclear. <laughs> As the worker screams out in pain, the monster pulls him into the barrel and eats him, only to cough up his left hand and ID badge, making the worker, <laughs> making the worker the monster's first kill. Meanwhile, Warren, tired of the Cretans' constant harassment, ends up going on a radiation-fueled rampage, killing two of them with no memory of the event once he comes to his senses. The Cretans, expelled from the school and cut off from their customer base, assault the principal with their big, stupid bone and force, and force him to use the school's radiation alarm to cause an evacuation, letting the Cretans bar the building and occupy it. In the process of doing this, the Cretans shoot and kill the principal's secretary, who happened to open the door just as the gang was torturing the principal with their big, stupid bone. Capturing Chrissy as bait for Warren, the leader of the gang holds her hostage in the basement and plans to kill her in front of Warren, only to be interrupted by the now fully formed adult nuclear monster. Warren goes into the school to save her, only to discover the adult monster, which proceeds to kill every last one of the Cretans. Warren finally zaps the beast with a laser in the physics laboratory, and he and Chrissy flee from the school right after the monster explodes, along with the school also killing Mr. Paley, head of the nuclear power plant. As the school burns down in nuclear flames, the loudspeakers announce that the school will be shut down for remodeling, causing the students to cheer and celebrate. While reconstruction is taking place, another nuclear monster crotch fruit appears, squirming through the nuclear remains of a destroyed nuclear nukem high. Nuclear. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Ha <laughs>
Hmm. We'll never have to say that word again. So Class of Newcomb High was released on December 12, 1986. There is no official box office information, but there is a listed budget of $400,000. And it looks like it. Class of Newcomb High has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 49%. There is no site consensus. And there is no accolades or legacy. That's right. I also couldn't find any viable reviews to put on. Although there actually is a legacy because it does have four sequels. Mm -hmm. Two came in the 1990s with 1991's Class of Newcomb High 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown, and 1994's Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. These two sequels were not directed by either Lloyd Kaufman or Michael Hertz, but were produced by them. They were more comedic than violent and had good production values despite their low budget. The sequels marked the first appearance by Tromi, the radioactive squirrel, Two sequels directed by Kaufman arrived in the 2010s, and a fourth installment of the series called Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 was released in January 2014. The fifth entry, Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, <laughs> appeared at the 2017 Cannes Film Festival. Wow. So, a lot of class of Newcomb High sequels. Yeah. Do we need all those? No. But I, I will watch them. But I will watch them. Yes. I need to see Nuki or whatever he is. Tromi. <laughs> Tromi the radioactive squirrel. Yes. Uh, in 2010, Kaufman announced that he had been approached about remaking Class of Newcomb High alongside other trauma classics like The Toxic Avenger and Mother's Day. While the latter two have been filmed, Class of Newcomb High has yet to enter production. Yeah. For the betterment of everybody. So... I don't have much to say about this movie. I really don't either. It's going to be a really short episode. Probably. Like the derpiest of derp dives. I don't think we've ever been so derpy. No. But let's see. Yeah. I mean, so like, okay, there's one thing I do kind of want to talk about, which is the music, which is actually pretty good. I liked it. Actually, this could be a fucking musical. Well, it's it's like a quintessential like 80s horror. Yeah. Really. And actually, it reminds me of It Follows. They use the same riff. They do. Yeah, so here's the music from Class of Newcomb High. Rated R. And this is the music from It Follows. I mean, those are very similar, right? But I feel like that's what It Follows was going for, right? They were going for this I think so. like, really 80s vibe. I right? never heard any quite like it, but it always just sounded 80s, right? Like, and... Uh, it's meant to be reminiscent of it, but I never heard anything so close. And like, this is it. And I feel like, I mean, I watched this movie in the late 80s. You know, this is one of the first trauma movies that I had seen. This movie came out the same year as Aliens. Really? 1986. Wow. What a stellar year for horror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember liking this movie a lot when I was younger, though. Well, I'm sure when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we'll get into like our final thoughts on the movie later on. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, I really, really like the music in this. I like more than just like the the orchestral music, if one would call it that. Um, but I also like the songs with lyrics, right? That- Actually, I like the songs with lyrics. There's three really good ones in Toxic Avenger, and I didn't really notice them as much in this one. 
they're not calling out. It's not like big love song or the the big cheesy like workout music or anything like that. There's some songs in here, but they're and and actually the the one that reminds me the most of Toxic Avenger is the actual theme song that's done. Like they're actually singing Newcomb High, mm-hmm. the one from the beginning that's yeah. very very long. Yeah, so that's a really that's a good <clears throat> song, you know. Um, but otherwise, like. In Toxic Avenger, they're just mostly reusing like classical pieces versus in this one, they actually have a synthesized score. Mm-hmm. And so Ethan Hurt was credited as the composer of it. And uh, his contributions included, of course, the Newcomb High theme as the the full band arrangement and the soundtrack to the film. Um, but it remained unreleased until 2014 when Troma licensed its release to ship to shore phone co label. Okay. So it's probably floating around somewhere out there and hopefully I can get it for this podcast. And I guess you'll already have known if I have played the music comparing it to It Follows. (laughs) And maybe when I get home tonight, I can just stream some of those songs on Spotify. Who knows? Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can get some of the music because, you know, that's always a risk, especially with some of the, the more like, you know, B movie stuff that kind of is mostly forgotten. This is not forgotten, though. No. And I feel like, I mean, Toxic Avenger eventually became a musical production, right? Which tends to happen sometimes with like cult classic horror movies, like The Evil Dead, right? Thanks Killing has a a musical version, right? Or Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Well, well that, that one's that was, actually good. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like Newcomb High could easily be a fucking musical as well. Yeah. These things just sort of lend itself to it. And I, I feel like Poultry Geist is kind of winning in the, what well, is winning in the poll over on Patreon. And I think that's a musical too. Suddenly crotch fruit <laughs> is standing beside you. <laughs> he will scratch your face. Oh, no. And squirm out of your mouth. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, other than that, like, there's just not a whole lot of interesting things that happen in this movie. No, things just kind of happen, right? Like, I was watching this and I was almost getting a contact high. Because I felt like the editor or whoever put this together, the story together, was must have been like high off their ass. Clearly. Which I would kind of expect. Really. Yes. I, I legit think that must have been what happened. Because this this movie is like outside of some key scenes, this is really just like a series of almost random vignettes that are like loosely tied together. You're right. Because I was watching this last night and I probably have not seen this movie since I was like 11. It's been a very, very long time. And... <clears throat> When the credits finally rolled, I was like, God, I feel like this movie has been on for 30 minutes already. I was just like, it's like an extended music video at the beginning of it, right? Because that theme song is playing the whole time and like things seem to be happening, but it doesn't really affect the plot too much. They're doing just a bunch of like, we want scenes in the high school. Right. And so there's a lot of scenes in the high school, like, like asides and little conversations and just shit happening. And there's shit happening in the background too. Mm -hmm. Someone had a huge amount of fun putting this stuff together and just to shoot it and give people things to do on the screen. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of pieced it all together, I think in a way that's mostly coherent. You know, uh, there is a beginning, middle and end to this movie. I don't want to say it's like totally vignettes, but there's a lot of vignettes in here and a lot of it's seemingly random and a lot of it's kind of not needed. Yeah. But it is interesting if you watch this movie, you start watching the background because they have shit going on. Like there's a scene where, you know, the the, the mother's going to see her pregnant daughter or whatever, who theoretically had a, a miscarriage, yeah. you know, even though she threw up the monster, they're saying she had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and, um, and like she, wax the the liquid or whatever out of the doctor's hands 
that he's carrying behind her or whatever. And then like the scene goes on for like another five minutes and they're talking in the foreground and everything else. And the back people continually slip on the liquid background. And I'm like, this is like, again, approaching like the airplane style like stuff. I was just about to say, I was like, last week we talked about, you know, how Toxic Avenger is almost to that airplane level of like really funny spoof. Right. And I feel like this one in situations like that kind of tops it. Like it's trying to get there, but it's almost just like too on the nose and the characters are so over the top versus it's like an airplane. They're all semi-normal people moving throughout this and they're not in on the joke. And they're playing it serious as a car accident, which is what comedy really is supposed to be. Yeah. These people aren't. And nope. so it's like it doesn't hit every time. Well, I think the biggest difference is that the Toxic Avenger literally had something to spoof, right? It's trying to spoof like superhero film, right? Or at least superhero films of the time. Well, I don't even know that there were many. Superman, you know. Basically it. Yeah, like Donner Superman is probably it at that point. But um, And the idea of superheroes. This one, I would say it's a super parody of high school. Like it's like if you look at like the, the extreme stereotypes in something like Clueless or Heathers mm-hmm. or something like that, this is that in spades, like up to the upteenth degree. Yes. I mean, it's very much like a trauma horror John, John, John Hughes movie, you know? It is, but it's like not about high school. Nope. Right. And so that's kind of where it misses the mark. It's like it's trying to parody high school, but it's not about high school. And they try hard. Like some of the students fit certain stereotypes that you would see in a John Hughes movie. Right. But like, then we get to things like the Cretans and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, why? You know, I mean, it, when they, they have that first classroom setting where that teacher like screams at them to shut the fuck up or whatever. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and you're there. And I, I remembered that there was this gang of kids and I was reminded last night, I was like, even when I was younger, when I would just accept things more freely in film, I was like, why do they look like that? Why do they act like that? How come no one's saying anything about it? And when they're all like, they used to be part of the honor society. I'm like, well, you can explain a little bit more. Yeah. I was, I was actually really intrigued by that. And I, at the end of the film, I, what I really wanted was them to like save the day or whatever. And the Cretans to turn back into whatever nerds, mm-hmm. you know, that they had. Cause that would have been really interesting to, to witness, you know, it would have been a much better arc. I mean, instead of them all just dying, but again, yeah. with these trauma films, they go out of their way to try and make the bad guys or the seeming bad guys very bad, very bad. And so they can kill them off later without you caring. But at the same time, like, they go out of their way to tell us that these are actually kind of victims. Yes. With their origin. I mean, they've, they've at least gone through some sort of change. They were the honor society. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And then the other thing that bothers me about this movie, especially the intro part of it, there are a lot of superfluous characters in this. Oh yeah. And they give a lot of these superfluous characters screen time, like heavy screen time. And then we never see them again. Yep. You know, I was like, so why, why did we spend all this time? With these people. Eddie, Taru, whoever that was. Yeah. I mean, and, and like the whole guy throwing the party and everything, you know, I was just like, what? and they sit down at the table full of like female characters, like like the mean girls or whatever, having lunch. They all have all this screen time and lines for a good chunk of the beginning of the movie. And we never see them again. Yeah. Usually when there's characters like that and there's events like that, like there's a rhythm to a movie or to, to storytelling that echoes and repeats. Right. There's none of that here. No, no it's no. all, like I said, vignettes, mm-hmm. standalones. And they never, they never go back and talk about why he had that whole like nuclear Hulk moment. Yeah. Right. 
Like that's never revisited when he could easily have done that to save the day or something. Why the, I mean, they, at the end of the day, they don't just like toxic Avenger. They don't care. It's trauma. Right? Yeah. That's they true. They don't care because they're just going to do because story happens, plot happens. And they're going to want to like, I want this scene, you know, I want him to Hulk out, you know, and for this person, I want them to melt down to his skeleton when he's exposed with these other people. I want them to have sex dreams and like, and you know give birth to something through a mouth you know it's like it's affecting everyone differently and there's no rhyme or reason to it it's just because they wanted something to happen and that's true and i can't fault trauma for that because <clears throat> by and largely i like trauma movies like i enjoy watching them i have a good time you know yeah. but for the purposes of this podcast we have we have to be real you yeah. know and talk about movies as a whole and more than just an experience watching yeah, so. and it's like this is good, good wacky fun, but only I, you know it starts belaboring the point really early in this compared to like Toxic Avenger in yeah. my opinion, like really early. And uh, you know I I really wanted to so what like with the Cretans, you know I wanted them to say okay, we're gonna make them like smoke this joint or whatever, and they're gonna become a Cretan. Like I wanted to see the nerd that they were trying to get, you know, the joint in his mouth or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of in the the school <laughs> bathroom. You know, I wanted him to turn into a Cretan and see what that's like. You know, I wanted yeah. to see that kind of transformation, but like none of it has any kind of so what or aftermath. It all just is what it is in these vignettes. Well, because like those characters are, at least in my opinion, the most interesting in the movie. Me too. We keep talking about them. Yeah. Like the the nerdy guy, the nerdy virgin who's dating his girl and like what, what they experience after they smoke that joint. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the main storyline that like follows the furthers the plot. They're right? the audience. Yeah, yeah, and then it brings us the monster. You They're know, the normies that yeah. are stand-ins essentially. And so, like, like I know that's needed, but I, I feel way more interested in the Cretans, and I feel like we start with a certain kind of group, and they c- continue to add Cretans to it, and like the ones that come to the group later on that are not fully present, like in the beginning, are also still kind of interesting. Like I like them, and, and they're then funny. Their 30s. And the, yeah, they look old. So, but I don't know. It's just like that. They're the most like horror-y part of this horror movie. I and mean, I guess the monster, but. I thought it was going to be like, like zombies or whatever they're going to like at the beginning when that kid starts turning into a zombie, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just a corpse, you know, I thought that was what it was going to be. Oh, I didn't know this is a zombie movie. We could do this for like March or whatever. And uh, no, it's just random. Yeah. It's just whatever they wanted to do, you know, but it's funny that the parody of the actual high school, it's like an eighties mother's nightmare for sure. Yeah. This is what Fox news would have wanted you to think your kids <laughs> high school was like if they existed in the 1980s. It's like every mother's fear, like balled up into one high school. I mean, cause everybody is like making out. Everybody is doing drugs in school. Like people are beating up teachers or making out with teachers and shit like that. I thought there was a dialogue scene in the lunchroom and I think it was a bad cut, but it ended up being like a dialogue scene during class or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're completely right. And I think maybe that's what it's trying to parody a little bit. You know, we get a little like John Hughes parody in here, but I think a lot of this is just like par- parodying what, people felt in the eighties and there was a lot of satanic panic and all that. Exactly. Stranger danger bullshit, you know, and like fearing for your kids at a young age and then fearing for them as teenagers. I mean, that's definitely present in this movie. I just don't think they take it far enough in that direction to really prove their point with it. You know, it's just like, I think that like we as viewers are smart enough to pick up on that, but it's, I don't think that's, that was their point, but yeah. Yeah. 
The one thing I liked about this movie was the Muppety Monsters, the Muppety Muppets. I fucking, when that monster first was like coming out of the sink drain and throwing dishes around in that lunchroom, I was dying. And I literally said out loud to myself, Muppety! I was just like... (laughs) No, it was perfect. And I really wanted the cover to come off of his like giant boner or whatever when he was hallucinating. Please, yes. Nuclear boner. I wanted it to be like this big Muppet monster, like from Tremors or something, you know? (laughs) But like, and then like the, but the little baby thing that... <laughs> like this voice and everything the freeze frame at the end of the movie is like gold yes it's so good they really needed to do more of that even when the monster was fully formed i think it's still very muppety and very fun yes right like yeah. when it gets to that point where it's like just picking the cretins off one by one you know i was just like okay i'm down with the muppety monster my favorite part in that lunchroom scene where it's throwing those dishes around or the looks on those lunch ladies' faces, they're just sitting there like looking at it because they were doing reverse shot. <laughs> so those plates were literally being thrown into oh my God. the sink and they had to fake looking away and looking at it. <laughs> and they did it so poorly. and It was so obvious. Matt was like, that's a reverse shot. <laughs> and it makes them look like fucking fools. <laughs> it does. But I was, but it works. I was just like, oh my, I was cracking the fuck Which ironically up. works for the scene. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it, it was amazingly hilarious to me. Just the looks on their faces. I was just like, yes, ma'am. More of that. The movie itself is is fun. You know, there's lots of fun moments. I do like that boner moment because he looks like he's enjoying having a boner that size. And I think we all can agree that would be painful. Yeah. Right? Come on now. He seemed to enjoy it by the end, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was just like, yeah, like, oh, my God, my fucking dong is so huge or whatever. And I, the whole time I was just like, that would hurt. <laughs> just like, God. Nuclear priapism. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not experience that. Let's not bring a Dickensian whatever it is, proclivity, proclivity. To, the, to this movie. <laughs> it doesn't need it. I do have one question, though, because like during Toxic Avenger, I was constantly asking myself, am I offended? Am I offended? And this one, I didn't really have that. No, I was almost too bored, but there was one thing mm-hmm. and it's Gonzo played by Brad Dunker. Was that blackface? I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it last night and not just because of the makeup, but also the way he was styled right with the fucking nose ring and stuff. Yeah. It was and, like really like and the Afro yeah. like weirdness going on with what, how they did it. I mean, that's clearly a Caucasian actor. Yeah. And I just the the way that they painted him and the way that the, the 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 accessories that they gave him looked very much like they were styling him after like an actual like they African definitely person. styled after I don't think they were going for an offensive point they weren't no. trying to do they I were, think they were just trying to to find another way to do punk right you know and so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for that but today no that would never happen it would never ever because it's kind of top of mind it's like okay we're smearing brown makeup on this person's face putting like little tattoos and then like doing like african style like piercings and like things like that that's a no yeah no. so no scott so uh no i thought that as well and so yeah i found that to be the most offensive part of this movie uh but by and largely it is way less offensive than the toxic avenger yeah. i feel like yeah, i would agree um, I mean, there's still some gay jokes in this, but oh, they as, use the F word all the time. Yeah. But I mean, it's not, I hate it's not it, that many, but whatever. But um, there is there's some funny dialogue too. like that one Cretan was like, God bless America, lip dick or something like that. I mean, they sing the whole national anthem. I was just like checking my watch. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> 
just randomness. Randomness in a movie that's not even an hour and a half long, just shy of it. They did do another thing with the voice, though, because this guy's like a caveman the whole time. And then he gets on the school's mm-hmm. intercom and is like, attention, students, or whatever. And I was like, what the f- <laughs> Oh, no. What else? What else did you talk about? That's it. I mean, yeah, that's that's class of Newcomb High. Do you have any fun facts? I do. Oh, okay. I have four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when Dewey uh, lands on the pavement in the opening scene after being poisoned by a nuclear waste in the drinking fountain, the first man to walk up to him is a shocked bearded man played by Troma co-founder and producer Michael Hertz. And this is his only on-screen performance ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I have to add one more thing. Okay. The other part that I laughed at the most, aside from those two lunch ladies, is when they're beating the shit out of that old woman when they still. Oh my purse. god! <laughs> it goes on forever. No, I was like, how long is he gonna punch? I was like, why do you have to do that whole fucking bit? Like, you could have just started punching her and grabbed her goddamn bag. <laughs> I was fucking laughing so hard. I was like, he is just beating the shit out of this old lady. Okay. And then she's frothing at the mouth at the end, and I'm yeah. like, how did that happen? Because <laughs> he was frothing at the mouth. Oh, whatever. Who knows? The whole bit. Anyway, back to the fun facts. Then yet. <laughs> yeah, so okay. The monster is never seen in a full shot as the entire costume was never actually finished. So they only had bits and pieces that were used as a puppet, hands, face, legs. Oh. I didn't even question that. No. I, actually by the end of this movie I can't question anything. I'm just like, here it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And almost like, you know, who cares? Mm, true. <laughs> So the original title for the film was simply Newcomb High. It was later changed in hopes of people mistaking it for class of 1984, <laughs> which came out in 1982. <laughs> so I guess they were hoping it was like a re-release and that they would buy tickets to the wrong movie and just like be there and sell tickets. I wonder if that worked. We don't know because there's no box office information. But when I was searching for this on Amazon last night, class of 1984 was the first thing that popped up. So oh I God. mean, maybe maybe i don't even know what that movie is i have no idea but i know what this is so yeah. class of 1984 you didn't work out but class of newcomb high certainly did test of time mm. so brad dunker became one of the lead cretins uh because he was one of the few people in the cast who was actually able to ride a motorcycle before that he was a member of the crew and he had a cameo as a student with sunglasses in a party scene but he's the one that was the the the, the blackface Oh. So he was a last minute addition, and so they did last minute makeup. Well, they made a last minute bad choice. They did. They really did. <laughs> Be best, class of Newcomb High. <laughs> okay, so those were fun. I'm glad that we had some fun facts. There are more fun facts about this movie than there are accolades. So <laughs> it's true. But we have some questions to ask about class of Newcomb High, and we're going to start with. Obviously, is this a horror movie? I guess. Yeah. Sure. I mean, trauma makes horror movies. Why not? There's a monster in <laughs> Let's it. Let's give it to him. It's Muppety. Yeah. They can have that. They can have that big stinky bone. We're going to throw them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> were you scared? No. <laughs> Again, scared for my fucking soul. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> scared for our listeners too. I was just like, okay. So I hope, I hope listeners that y'all have all seen these trauma movies. If not, you need to go watch them for sure. I, I bet not very many of them have. And I just want to reassure people. Maybe I should have said this at the beginning of the episode. Maybe in the beginning of the episode last week. Yeah. We will be moving past this. We're getting into like legit high highbrow horror next month. That's right. So stay tuned for the end of this episode where we give you some previews of what's coming up. Because yeah. they're good. Um, all right. Out of five stars, what did you rate Class of Newcomb High? I give it two stars. Oh, ouch. 
yeah, there's some merit there. That's an extra star there. There's some laughs, but yeah. really it's, it's just such randomness. It's so barely I, a film. I gave it three stars, which um, I feel is being very generous, but just like with any trauma movie, right? I have some things to bitch about. I can sit here and like pretend like I'm a filmmaker and be like, well, they could have made it better or whatever, but like they're fun and they're funny. And I always have a good time. And yeah, I'm w- never going to complain about like production value or acting or anything like that. In right. a trauma film, You know what I mean? But it's like, if there's like story and editing problems where it's not even a cohesive parody, Yeah, you know, that's when I'm, I start to have issues. This is where like rewatchability comes in, you know, and like I can see why when I was younger, I rented this movie because it had a cool video cover, you know, and I watched it and I was just like, all right, it's a thing. But I enjoy these trauma movies so much more as an adult. I mean, because it's adult humor or whatever. Sure. And it's just fun. And I could totally see myself like having a gummy or having a group of people and having a gummy and be like, hey, let's watch this ridiculously stupid movie. Yeah, they're meant to be group watches. Right. And so I feel like like I always take into account rewatchability when I give a rating. And while this movie is not great, it's fucking hilarious. And I would watch it probably over and over again. So there we go. Three stars. Yeah, I probably it. won't watch it for another couple of years, but I will rewatch it. Mm-hmm. The sequels, though. Oh, God. I guess I, I have to. That's going to happen. We'll see mostly so finally and some would say most importantly at least in this discussion who's the hottest guy in class of newcomb high oh well it's definitely warren warren for sure played by gil brenton gil brenton yeah warren's really cute and he was studious and he hulked out or whatever, but yeah. And plus he's shirtless a yeah. lot in this. I feel like we didn't get a lot of shirtless guys in Toxic Avenger. Well, no. we did, but he was the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not sexy. Mm. Um, but yeah, completely, completely Warren, for sure. Well, guys, I think that about wraps up our month of trauma. Except for on Patreon, where we are going to be traumatized one more time <laughs> with uh, Poultry Geist. That's the clear winner. <laughs> so if you guys would like to participate in the polls that we're going to be having on there in the future, head over to patreon.com slash thefilmflamers. Get all that bonus content. Help us decide what we do for our bonus content. Join the family. There's a lot of conversation going on. That's right. And now we have well over 100 bonus episodes over there. So you've got a backlog. That's right bonus alert <laughs> um uh, if you would like to comment elsewhere and let us know what you think about this episode or the movie itself you can find us on social media at the film flamers on twitter facebook or instagram you can email us at tired queens at filmflamers.com or you can call our hotline at 972-666-7733 hmm I don't give a wet fart if you call this hotline. I was going to use wet fart. (laughs) You can say dry fart. Mm, I do give a dry fart. (laughs) I got nothing sexy to say about this movie. No. Mm, Giant mutant boner. Nuclear boner. Uh Uh-oh. Nuclear boner alert. (laughs) Nuclear boner alert. As Chris hinted at, we are moving past trauma into May. Mutant Deke. <laughs> Deke. 
<laughs> Nuclear deke. <laughs> um, in May, we are going to be talking about some releases from one of our favorite. Is it a production company at this point? Distribution. A24. That's right. So we are going to be covering The Witch and Midsommar. Midsummer. Oh, Lord. That's going to be a really depressing conversation. So prepare to be really traumatized <laughs> as we actually deep dive into those as opposed to these derp dives. That's right. Nothing derpy about those movies. But I'm looking forward to watching them again and talking about them. I love The Witch. I've seen that movie Me too. a handful of times already. I think we're going to have a lot to say. Yeah. So we should rest up so we can take lots and lots of notes. Lots and lots. And have some... Sweet dreams. Nuclear deek. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about poultry, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> that didn't work out. I was trying to gobble. No, it was good. <laughs> just don't say gobble. <laughs>